time now for episode 42 of the insecurity show this hey buddy i'm recording go away this week bloaty and the superfish we're talking about bloatware and visit our website at in-security.org for show notes past episodes and more sorry um don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Insecurity Show. Send us email to feedback at in-security.org. My name is Max. And my name is Matt. Hey, Matt. Good to see you again. Thanks, buddy. You too. How have you been this week? Good. Happy Canada Day. Happiest Canada Day and America Day. Yes. They're independent like the Brexit. Hmm. Really? You want to go straight to politics after he said to me a text today saying, I'd really like to stay out of politics. What? Mm. Happy Brexit Day. And um, other stuff I imagine has happened. Things have happened. How you been? I've been pretty good. How about you? Yeah, good. Good. Nice long weekend for Canada Day. Yeah. That, uh, that helped mend a lot of mental scars. Did you blow up anything? Indeed, we did. Nice. The night sky. Nice. Yes. We got rid of those demons. Excellent. Exploded dragons into them. (laughs) That was my... Canada. Nice. It's like like I'm there. It's It's like I'm watching them. With colors and different pixelation textures fire yep. pixelation textures yeah i don't know how to describe the visuals that you see with fireworks mm, fair enough fair enough you have to fall back on old geeky that is what i don't know our standard fare yep hmm. hey hey guess what comes out next week i don't know what comes out next week mr robot well the new season yes you gonna watch it yeah absolutely you watch it yeah it's good looking looking forward to that yep that's coming out on the 13th if i remember correctly on the usa network right remember last time we were talking about it we're like and if you want us to talk about blah 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 for it i do remember that apparently they took care of that themselves they released an episode called decoded that talked uh about the stuff that they did in the in those first season episodes and how it applies to the real world, I suppose. I haven't watched that yet, but really, that's the synopsis. That's the summary that I've heard. Was this like a DVD special feature type thing, or uh, this was like last week or something huh. previous to uh, this upcoming episode? That's very cool. 14th. Yeah. So, Nito. Ah, wow! We dodged a bullet there. Yeah, and nobody wanted to hear it anyway. So hey, good thing whatever. we good thing we put that off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what uh, what should we what should we discuss about this week that no one wants to hear about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume nobody wanted to hear about Mister Robot because nobody said, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." <laughs> but um, this week, I thought we'd cover something that's about a year old. Okay, uh, at least in media coverage. And it's actually much older than that. It, that's kind of the stuff that you get with your PC when you buy like a discount laptop or a discount PC from a location. Bundled software. 
Absolutely. What do they what do they, what do they call that? Cruft? Uh crapware? Crapware? Shovelware? Bloatware? Bloatware. There you go. Yeah, any of those. There's uh, actually a pretty interesting article that we'll have in our show notes, which you can find at in-security.org slash EP042. There you go. I know. It's like I uh, put that in in post because I didn't remember it. <laughs> I think you just edited out that space that you had there. Uh, and it's uh, it's all about how computer manufacturers are paid to make your laptop worse. Um, so that's a that's a really loaded way to say it, but pretty accurate. It is. I it's, think. it's attention grabbing, uh, but it, but it's a neat it's a neat title. It's attention grabbing, and it does actually speak some truth. That's that's true. All right, so let's get into it. Let's let's talk about how PC manufacturers get paid to make our computers worse. So when you <sighs> When people distribute software like Java or Flash, sometimes it comes prepackaged with other software, right. right? Maybe like a Yahoo toolbar or something like that. Now, obviously, the company Oracle that makes Java is getting some kickback on that to pay for supposedly the expenses of downloading that file and hosting that file on servers that have to stay up, right? Right. There's a whole monetary side of, of you know, distributing free software. And if you're using that free software, then you're enhancing the ecosystem and maybe they're charging on the back end for it. Or maybe they've got these other revenue generating sides or they're just stupid like us giving away something for free. That's weird. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's there's a bunch of different motivations that are possible, but. Uh, the actual manufacturers of PC themselves, as they race to zero to try to be the cheapest possible for the components, mm-hmm. they've started to make these trade-offs where they say, specifically Microsoft has very been very good working with OEMs, or original equipment manufacturers. And they've allowed them to customize the user experience with the drivers that are required for the that particular laptop or desktop system. You know, and that's where you got like the um, play music key on your keyboard from in the first part. Right. Or the because the beats so, by beats by Dre um, pause button. Mm. My sister has that on her laptop. <laughs> really? It doesn't. I pause might beat? have some. Well, I don't know. It's got to, it's, it's got like beats by Dre audio. OK. And I don't know whether that is. <clears throat> The sound system that has been put into the, like, I had a laptop previously with Harman Kardon speakers, and they made a big deal about that, and they tagged it everywhere. But I don't know that they've done the same thing with the Beats, Beats Audio on the computer. I don't know. But I know that they've got the the badges everywhere on it. Right. So as they customize these user experiences, Mm -hmm. people have approached them and said, just like how, hey, with you know, Java, you can include this useful toolbar for people. You can include other software at the point of the manufacturer. And hey, isn't that more convenient? Because then everybody gets this consistent experience and we can actually pay you uh, to offset some of the costs of manufacturing these devices to begin with. Right. You know, if you've been around long enough in the computer industry, you see that 
you know, one piece of software might be fine, another piece of software might be fine, but suddenly you start bogging down the system with all these different things requiring attention. That reminds me of the old, that old image that had been floating around the internet since forever of the Internet Explorer with every single toolbar add-on um, installed so that the user only had like a quarter inch of screen left <laughs> to actually view the the internet or use the internet because they had all of their toolbars on there. Right. <laughs> yeah, you should include that image in the show notes that you just sent me. Uh, yeah, so people have been doing that, you know, for a while and appealing to the marketing teams have appealed to the manufacturers and saying, hey, we can offset some of your costs. You're a great marketing avenue. We'll pay for marketing just like marketing does right. and therefore include our you know, component, our advertisement side of it, our our apps within it. So people are more likely to use our platform based on the fact that it's, hey, it's there. It's more convenient for them to use. Mm-hmm. So that relationship went on for a while. And it started to get a little ridiculous as this race to the bottom of price happened. People started to notice that everything's coming out of the manufacturers very slowly. If I wipe out the operating system and put it in for fresh, then it actually reacts a lot better. Right. Right. Because it's not slowed down by all these extra apps that are fighting at startup time to be the one that's loaded first. Right. And it's not monitoring. It's not taking away the CPU cycles or the actual, you know, it's not stealing resources from your computer to monitor your behavior, which they then send out over your network and use other resources that side, right? Potentially to send that information somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Talk about user behavior. So it got so bad that Microsoft noticed this. The same people that were making the operating system and leasing it out to OEMs in the first place Notice that it was so bad they created something called a Microsoft Signature PC where they'd vet the PC and make sure that it didn't have any of the bloatware and they'd charge a premium for this because it's extra work they're doing, right, to deliver this platform that's without bloatware. Right. So the PCs cost a little bit more because they don't have the manufactured uh the marketing stuff inside the manufactured PC to begin with. And then it costs a little bit more because you got an extra body overseeing it and certifying it. So it comes out to like a hundred dollars more than the regular price. Right. And still to this day, you can buy that type of stuff. But the advertisement that it was, was it like the, your laptop will go to sleep 23.1% faster in this article that I'm seeing, like, that has the Microsoft thing starts up 39.6% faster resumes 51% faster because it's really like statistically measured the fact that all of this extra software is lagging down your PC. That's a pretty surprising stat. Like that's a lot of, I mean, granted some people will argue, well, you know, boot up time. I don't do that all the time, but obviously that applies all across the board. It's just one metric that we're looking at, right? That's right. And it's true that people don't boot up all the time. I would say if you want to avoid malware, lots of malware doesn't actually stay resident. So you might want to shut down your PC at the end of the day and start it up in the morning. If you work for a place like I work, it can be quite painful because it takes like five minutes to do that because of all the 
stuff that we put on the PC for security reasons. And that concludes staying green with insecurity. <laughs> and then, yeah, absolutely. There is a whole power consumption thing. And when you put it to sleep, it's still consuming power. Right. So, yes, if you want to be very BC, then B- you BC? Uh, shut it down at the end of the day. Did you say BC? Is it I British did. Columbia? British Columbia. Isn't that where the Green Party is huge? Oh, maybe. It's a non-political show, Matt. I'm going to talk about politics the whole time. What? This, you're, you're confusing me so much. All right. This, I don't know if, the, if I'm jumping the gun here a little bit, but um, this is not just limited to computers. Obviously, as computers have done it so successfully, presumably successfully, because they keep doing it and they keep being able to make stuff cheaper by effectively selling space on your computer, advertising space, data, metrics, things like that. They This also carries over to cell phones now, which since they're essentially little computers are doing the same thing. Absolutely. You'll start getting bundled software included in your cell phone, which is going to make your cell phone that ever slows slightly cheaper to you because, or maybe not, maybe they won't even pass the savings on to you, but it'll make it so that they can get money from selling you a phone and they also get money from a company paying to be on your phone. Yeah. And, and manufacturers of phones will include this kind of monitoring software so they can gain extra revenue from advertisements that they would potentially display to you if they were to intercept, like we talked about before, right? The universal tracker for the actual device itself. Well, there's potential to do that through software too. Right. So Rogers or Verizon or whoever your manufacturer is, if you buy a phone from them and you have custom apps from them. My experience, at least with Rogers, is that you can't uninstall those components. Not without not without rooting the device for Android or which essentially voids the warranty. On absolutely. The um, this also is becoming really or became sort of. Another news article this week, I think, with the pending release of that new $4 smartphone from India. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you heard about this phone, but there was a $4, a, a phone manufactured in India that they are going to be selling for $4. And it is a Android smartphone. It is, quite frankly, not going to be you know, cutting edge, there's not going to be all the bells and whistles, but they are actually selling the device for $4, which is great for anyone who cannot afford the technology otherwise. But mm-hmm. you got to be asking yourself, how can they create a device with the kind of specs that they're talking about for this thing? At $4, it's not really possible. Like the phone is going to have one gig of, of RAM, eight gig internal storage, and a 1.3 gigahertz quad core processor. So basically, fairly decent specs, but not one of those components would cost $4. Right. And they're saying straight up that, you know, they will be showing people ads and mm-hmm. people will have to watch an ad to be able to use their smartphone. Which, right? Obviously not great, but still definitely better than not being able to get to the device at all potentially well right so the other side of it is well maybe every time you add a piece of software you're adding extra complexity to the phone Mm -hmm. which can be actually abused which can be exploited right we've seen the same things even with security products and i'm not gonna go into that soapbox thing that's going on in the internet now 
but pretty much every you know antivirus which is the basic tool to help people against getting compromised is compromisable mm-hmm. as demonstrated by google's project zero right every time you add something that has privilege to your system you're now adding a, a vector for somebody to exploit you assuming that it's not already malicious when it gets to your system right so the potential of releasing a $4 phone and with all of the deals that they've made in the back end, somebody capitalizing on the footprint that they've got on the phone to look at what the different processes are doing, they could be monitoring things like, you know, your online banking application potentially. I'm not saying that it, that it is, I'm just saying like it could if something is operating at that kernel level, then they can see everything that's happening. Right. Right. So there are trade-offs that people are making. Oftentimes, you know, the marketing companies aren't doing things charitably. They're doing it to make a profit out of it as well. And as we're talking about maybe some less savory companies, they might actually be doing stuff that could be using you as the product and you still pay some money but the old paradigm of if it's too good to be true and also if you're not paying for it then you're the product right comes into play one very interesting case that came up about a year ago is the uh, lenovo laptops came with something called superfish right which is uh, a product that basically monitors the way that you're browsing the web from your computer itself. So it doesn't matter if it's over like an encrypted channel, if you're going HTTPS to Google or to, you know, encrypted websites or whatever, because it's on your computer itself, it can see everything that you're doing. And so uh, it, it was inserting ads for you that it would, it thought that maybe you wanted. Is this the one that was particularly nefarious because as you already mentioned a lot of users who are you know mid range users not necessarily complete newbies but people with some kind of technical background have known for a while that when you get a new computer the the best thing to do is just reinstall windows to start with to get rid of all this stuff is this the one that they made that would install itself after Windows had already been installed or reinstalled on the machine? Yes, it, it is. They, uh, they got up into the BIOS level, the UFI BIOS level, where it would check and make sure that um, you had the software that it was expecting. And if you did not, it would re-slipstream it into your Windows as you started up and reinstalled. So Windows itself has some kind of file check that it runs on startup Uh, yeah it's and and correct me if i'm wrong on this i'm just going to try and like high level this Uh, windows had some kind of files um system check that it ran on startup to make sure that all of its key all of the key files that it needed to run were there and this software this lenovo what was it superfish Superfish. the the lenovo superfish it was hard-coded into the BIOS on the computer. So that's basically the thing that runs before the operating system runs, the thing that runs to boot up all the hardware. And it would then load itself in 
and pretend to be a part of that Windows system file checker or potentially overwrite the Windows system file checker. And then once Windows ran or started up, even for the first time, that would write in and make sure that the Superfish was installed as part of its required files. Is that pretty pretty high level, but does that was that more or less what was going on? Yeah, I mean, there's some technical inaccuracies in that, but essentially, yes. It, I mean, that at even when you try to remove it, even when you try to wipe out your system and reinstall it because you think that that will get rid of all the crapware, it had a hook that would reinstall it, and yes, it did come from the Eufy BIOS. Okay, and and the way that the preboot condition, there's a special place in in the it's a security call that makes sure that things are the way that they should be. And Microsoft was overly assistant in this Mm -hmm. and uh, Lenovo was overly strict in this, which created a condition where they would install the software, whether you removed it or not. Okay. So basically regardless of what you tried to do to supersede this by even reinstalling windows itself from your own like from a legitimate copy of Windows so that you would avoid the included uh, bonus beneficial software of Superfish, it would, in fact, overwrite already. So the hardware that you had paid to get had to include this stuff and you didn't have the option to remove it even by going out and buying your own operating system or operating system version of Windows. Yeah, that's pretty nefarious as well. It, it is, but it's not unique. The way that they did it was unique, right? Installing what we call crapware or shovelware or bloatware through the uh, the BIOS is the unique component. But I've got this really old netbook, and it has the same thing. It's it's got uh, an operating system recovery sector. Mm-hmm. Right, that I can't modify without completely erasing and repartitioning my disk. And my my licensed version of Windows is actually tied to that one. Right. So even if I did it, I would be like breaking a law. So I have to abide by the crapware that they've bundled in at the, you know, gold image perspective. So As soon as they say this is the absolute image that we will accept going out, it includes some of these other, you know, components that I might or might not want. They think it's helpful for me to have it, or helpful to them, for you or to have it, or helpful to them, whatever. Uh, one and the same. Right. It assists them offsetting the cost of the device. So, interestingly, Windows 10 actually comes up with uh, something good in this space. So they have now a a way that after you have the installation software on your PC, after you have like all that bloatware when you buy a PC, instead of going and wiping it out and reinstalling, right, which might land you into legal trouble if you don't have a legitimate key for that purpose, it allows you to recover the operating system and reset it to a place where you don't have all those other system components it's called refresh your pc it's under the security 
update and security section under recovery. Right. And you can actually tell it to put your system back to pretty much a pristine state. Now, I've tried this with my crappy netbook and it didn't work. So maybe it doesn't work as well as it's advertised as. But it's supposed to be able to remove that. So I'm, I'm trying a bunch of other stuff like getting myself up to a current patch level before I try it again and see if that helps. What happened when you tried it on your netbook? It went through the process of initializing the files, telling me all of the things that it was going to go ahead and delete. Mm-hmm. And then it said that it was going to reboot and start the process of removing those files and cleaning it up. And then it came back with an error saying, yeah, I, I couldn't do the things I said I was going to do. Mm. Um, so there's, there's not a great dearth of technical knowledge there. Neither, neither here nor there, but I've tried that on my desktop running Windows 10 multiple times. It always does the same thing for me. Mm. Um, it sounds like a lovely feature, but I have right. yet to get it to work. And in fact, okay. I've, had, I've had the Windows running. This is why I told you ages ago that Windows 10 keeps killing my machine. I keep trying to run all of the various recovery things that it has. Because I think that I, in the end, I had an issue with my power supply, but that might have been causing some of these. But uh, every time I tried to do it, it just kept doing the same thing. It would go through all of the preamble, and then when it came time to work its actual magic, it just gave up. Interesting. That's neither here nor there, and possibly a digression. Well, I mean, it's good to know that things don't always work as advertised, and... You know, I thought maybe it was just me, but I've got a secondary confirmation. If any of you guys have had this experience, if ever, if ever any of you guys have tried to roll back the Windows 10 to its state, please let us know if you've been successful. It'd be great yeah, to send hear. Send us a note to feedback at in-security.org. Hey, perfect. Please. So there's another company. I mean, all laptop manufacturers have, it seems, run into issues. Uh, another one that I'm very well aware of is Dell. Right. Dell was putting out a while ago, like half a year ago, maybe their PCs with a e-Dell root certificate. And although not as nefarious as the Lenovo Superfish, it wasn't watching everything that you were doing over an encrypted web session. Mm-hmm. It did allow for a, a back channel update of your system based on the fact that Dell held this, this root certificate which allowed it to become authorized pieces of software to be deployed to your system. So to try and high level that one again, at the end of this, see if you can correct me if I'm wrong, a root certificate or on the windows machine, you have certificates that can be issued to effectively say, yes, you are an authorized software manufacturer. This is authorized software that is being installed. There's a certificate that is created for that. And most of the time, this is held by, you know, things like Microsoft does all of the certificate issuing. Dell themselves had created a certificate for their machines that was essentially built into your Windows that said, if you have this certificate key, then you can install whatever the software update is because i will say that you are an official software installer and dell had created a certificate that gave basically root access so complete access to your machine to install anything that had its specific installation key is that more or less again i'm trying to high level this to explain what these things are okay so a root certificate um when we talked about 
cryptography and how it works, mm-hmm. right? We said that there's a private and a public key with certificates. So the the way that it works is that you'll have a certificate authority that grants out the certificates for the website that you want to go to. So there's this trust model that links one on top of another, on top of another, on top of another, until you get to that root certificate authority, right? So the root certificate authority will issue a root certificate, which says, as long as you see, you know, this hash for the certificate, then you know that I issued that certificate, right? Right. So I can issue a certificate for in-security.org. And then in-security.org might have a www.in-security.org and an email that at in-security.org, right? There's, um, there's many subsidiary certificates which might be created from an intermediate subsidiary which we might be trusted with to create our own certificates. So there's this chain of certificates that mm-hmm. are there. The root one is the top one, right? And when a company's big enough, they can have multiple root certificates. And it only works when that root certificate is added to your computer. So that when you browse to a website, you get that, you know, secure lock icon right that's because your computer sees that the certificate for the website that you're going to was issued from a trusted certificate authority right so you can actually add extra certificate authorities as trusted root certificates and then you know it doesn't matter who you go to so if you went to google.com Right. And I think their certificate is issued by thought. Okay. Checking. I'm trying to. Yeah. Okay. If VeriSign, which is another well reputable certificate authority, also issued a certificate for Google.com to a different web server, we'd have a conflict here. Right. If you went to the wrong IP address you'd get VeriSign certificate instead of Thoughts certificate. It says issued by Google Internet Authority G2. Oh, okay. So they've changed that recently. So Google has come up with their own through their, you know, Let's Encrypt initiative as well. Oh, sorry. GeoTrust Global. Okay. GeoTrust is also another well-reputable certificate authority. There are other certificate authorities that aren't as trustworthy because they'll issue certificates to anybody. The problem is if you have a certificate authority issuing a certificate for some website that somebody else has issued a certificate for, Mm -hmm. it'll appear in your browser like you're going to the right website, but really you're going to a malicious website where the certificate authority is just trusted. So this is where the EDEL root certificate comes into play, right? Your machine is trusting the stuff that, that gets signed by EDEL root because it's there, right? So all of that long explanation was to say that, yes, it might have been intended to be used for code signing, but because the certificate itself was on the asset that people were getting, 
Mm-hmm. And there was a mistake that Dell actually issued the private key on that certificate as well. People were then able to say, hey, I now have the private key. I can now intercept any Dell laptops communication to the internet. So I can man in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. I can see where everybody's going. If I'm presenting like I'm the first hop to wherever they're going and I'm using the Edel root private certificate, uh, the private key for that certificate. Right. So there's one problem right there. And then they can also change the messages as they come back to your PC and make you install software that your PC will be very happy to install. Right. Based on this uh, certificate itself. This has been resolved, I believe, by Dell. Has it not? Yeah, it's been resolved by Dell. It's been resolved by Lenovo. There's also another one that came out recently about Samsung, where they've done another hullabaloo, not as bad still, but still bad. Lenovo had yet another problem other than Superfish. And they're just getting into the business of saying, that's fine, just uninstall the software that we put on your PC. Right. You know, just like you want ad blockers, you want to make sure that you remove this this bloatware from your PC so that it runs better, so that it's not monitoring your action, and so that it's not exploited by somebody else who right. finds, finds a vulnerability in it. Because as you add this complexity onto your machine, more attack surface means, you know, easier to compromise you. So, right. Now, I am a fan of, of Google's services. I do like them quite a bit. I know that we're trusting them with an awful lot of information. However, they are not immune to this. In fact, fairly recently, there was a, a lawsuit between Google and Oracle in which Oracle brought up something that had previously been undisclosed, which was that Google is paying or paid Apple a uh, billion dollars in 2014 to keep its search bar on the iPhone. So the iPhone itself is also making money and a billion dollars is not just a, a pittance. They're making a fair amount of money to keep someone else's software on their phone. Hmm. So they're still doing it. Uh, and Google themselves is doing it because apparently, and again, this was previously undisclosed, Google had earned something like $31 billion in revenue from search and all of that. So, I mean, you can see that it's not necessarily always going to be the worst software that's on there, but there's still going to be software that gets sold or paid for to keep on devices. Yep, absolutely. Somebody's making money off of it and deals are being made in the background. Right. Uh, It's the same thing with my Asus tablet that docks into a keyboard. It comes with Asus web storage. Okay. And it's just another, you know, file backup repository that you could vouch into, even though it comes with like Google Drive as well, because it's an Android based product. Right. But it uh, it's also got, you know, an adware component where it's monitoring what you're doing. Yeah. Asus Web Storage. Mm. And like you said, it's not it's not limited. Like so when we say smartphones, it's not just smartphones, because Android obviously also applies to tablets and uh, iOS is phones and tablets as well. So, you know, it, it runs the whole gambit from the HP PC that you pick up, you know, at Future Shop when it was still around 
to, you know, the laptops that you get, to the phones that you get, to the tablets that you buy, to, you know, these Internet of Thing devices apparently in the future. So as more and more of these things end up getting discovered, more and more of them end up, you know, kind of getting fixed, I guess, because basically once they get caught doing it, then there's enough of a backlash that they sort of have to backpedal a little bit. No, I suppose. But what if they don't? What if they just go, well, that's the cost of being on our platform? Well, that's sort of where, I mean, that's uh, Windows 10 now, right? Because Windows 10 kind of ties into some of this where instead of including bundled stuff that is going to monitor you and all that, they just wrote their own with Cortana. So they've now got the software that they've built that will monitor your usage, search your file, send your private information back to them the whole time, but it's a part of Windows itself. So you can't actually disable it no matter how many of the software settings you go through turning it off. It'll still just continue to do its own thing. Really? Regardless. Hey, Cortana, are you listening to me? No, it doesn't say anything. You can you can turn off the, the voice recognition thing. This, this was a part of the big backlash against the Windows 10 is you can turn off the listening and all that. But if you search in the taskbar or sorry, in the task monitor, you'll see that it's still generally running. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that you can do is what I believe uh, is block its outgoing connections to Microsoft through your firewall. But outside of I- that, it's going to keep running and it's not a third party software. It's I guess, first party software. It's a part of windows and all of the backlash against it. Microsoft has just been saying things like, uh, yeah, welcome to windows 10. Yeah. This is why you get it for free. Even the people who buy it though are getting this Cortana. Yeah. But maybe it makes it easier too, right? If you can just talk to your machine and tell it to do things for you. Well, it's not just the talking to it part. That's, that's part of the thing, right? Well, so my Google device is the same thing, right? Yeah. It monitors what I look for and what I search for, and it suggests things as well, as well. And it's not something I can disable, right? I wish I could because it's creepy. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I can't. So I'll, I'll be curious because people are talking about something and say, what's the, you know, blue Jay score or something. So I'll type it up and I'll search it up and it'll go, Oh, it's this right now. And then forevermore, I'll get uh, something in my notifications saying, hey, you know, the Blue Jays are playing today and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't actually like baseball. I don't care. It was a social thing. And the Blue Jays are playing today and it's the bottom of the ninth. And you're looking at a big pitch here. It's going to be more prevalent, I think, as always on Internet connected Internet of Things devices keep being made and pushed out. I suspect that there will be this thing that you're fearing where it just becomes more and more can't be turned off. You don't have to say about that. What's that? Get off my lawn. You dang kids. Back in my day, we used to have internet devices like an internet fridge that didn't follow me on Twitter. I used to have to fight my device to get enough memory to play sound in a video game. So you can now technically have a digital device that'll follow you around all day long and monitor every single thing you do, but you still can't get a printer that works. (laughs) Yeah, print drivers suck. (sighs) All right, we've gone old crotchety mode. Uh, I suppose suppose other people are, are enjoying these features and certainly having a personal assistant that records 
what I say to it when I want it to is uh, something that I've always dreamed about being able to do uh, tasks that I demand on it. But uh, to capture that experience up and send it up to a third party, I'm a little leery of no matter how much they say that they're not going to be evil or that they're thinking differently or that they're Microsoft. <laughs> uh, do they have a slogan? I don't know. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's alternative operating systems out there. They're not so mature. What are you going to do? Go Linux? Yeah. Let's see how that works out for you. Who knows? Well, all of that said, I mean, the voice recognition, I do have to give it some credit. It is getting really impressive now. I no longer have to yell at my phone six or seven times when I'm trying to call Max. No, no. Call Max. Did you say the police? No. Yeah. Yeah. Again, old men. It's tough. It's tough getting old, hey? Yeah. Oh, uh, follow up from our homework last time. All right. This time, cross-site scripting. Okay, follow up for our homework last time. Let's cover that. So first things first, we didn't really do the install video. We did do a video for the homework. If you want to check it out, you can. It's on our YouTube channel, Insecurity Show. Uh, you'll find links to that in the show notes for this episode. And you can also check out, I just, believe... Just our website. There's a link right off of it. So yeah, that go too. Check that out too. Um, but you will find links to the specific video in our show notes. And that was about SQL injection. Yeah, and that was SQL, SQL injection. And we did have a brief high-level overview of how to install the mutilidae yeah so we've got homework for this week as well yeah so this week we're going to try cross-site scripting cross-site scripting and there's two different types there's persistent and there's non-persistent so see what you can get to work very cool again we'll have uh, our examples of that online for you to play with because the more you know also for the last week's homework we really only covered possibly one or two different ways to do it. Uh, if you have more exciting ways, different ways, if interesting ways, by all means, either fill them out in the comments on the video, uh, send them to us in email, feedback at in-security.org or comments on the uh, episode, wherever you want, however you want to reach out to us and let us know. If you share really cool ways to do it, then we'll be more than happy to uh, pass that on. Yeah. If you, if you want that to be shared, if you yeah. want to just, Tell us about uh, something that we completely missed in private. Just let us know that you don't want it shared. That we'll respect that too. You can send us DMs, PMs. What's the Twitter terminology? DMs. DMs. You can send us DMs on Twitter's at Insecurity Show. You have to follow us first and then we'll follow you back. Oh, yeah. Because we don't do open DMs. You, you ain't no follow back girl? Yeah, you're a follow back girl. Well, you know it. Girl. All right. Anything else? Did you have other feedback? Any follow up? Yeah. There was, there was another article where it said, have a good week, Matt. Oh, buddy. You got me. Uh, you have yourself a great week, too. Thanks, buddy. I will. Thank you.